0: In this episode, I have the opportunity to speak to Elder David and Sister Janice Roberry. Both are tremendous mentors and friends. I've only known them a short while, but have learned so much from every encounter I've had. Currently, they serve in Salt Lake City in the church office building as service missionaries. Their focus is on helping provide missionaries with online opportunities and to help organize a service missionary training program. They both have such fascinating life stories branching from a career in the military, becoming a licensed therapist, and serving as missionaries in Africa. Today we talk about their transformative experience as mission leaders and the blessings they've seen in their lives. I'm excited for all of us to learn from these dear friends. This is That Made Me Smile. Sister Roberry. It's an honor to be with you. I'm glad to have you on the podcast and just get to talk a little bit about mission missionary work and your experiences. And, you know, we've known each other for a little while. We've kind of gone to meet each other once or twice. I visited up in Salt Lake. We ran into each other, which was really awesome. I wasn't expecting that. And uh, I know we've communicated a few times, but I'm excited to just hear more about you. So the first thing I'd really like to kind of ask, is what, because you've had the opportunity to be service missionary leaders and work with lots of missionaries, and oftentimes we talk about the transformative experiences of the missionaries, but I'd love to hear what have been the transformative experiences for you as mission leaders.
1: Well, thank you, Elder McCurdy. We're delighted to be with you and to be here in Arizona to take a look at this marvelous uh, training program that you have going. Sister Overy and I have been deeply touched by the service mission program. Uh, as I think many people have heard, we were planning on going on another mission, uh, most likely to Africa, uh, where we had served prior to that time and, and loved it. Um, and uh, this came as a quite a s- surprise when we were called. Number one, we didn't know about the program. The pilots had just been running for a while and uh, we and a couple in uh, Houston were called. Uh, That was the Ellis family. They had just been put on emeritus status as general authorities, Mm -hmm. and we were called, I think, the same week. At least we went into training together. Uh, The thing that struck us is uh, because it was brand new and even the the Area 70 that called us really didn't have an idea what it really was, Uh, We had the blessing of going to the Lord, of doing a lot of deep soul-searching for a ride to Salt Lake, since we were asked just before that. Sister Roberry was performing with Gladys Knight in a celebration and went up for a rehearsal. And so we struggled and talked all the way to Salt Lake from Las Vegas. And then uh, that evening after I picked her up, we went to our friend's home where we were spending the evening, and then in the in the middle of the night or four o'clock, is when Sister Roberry, who serves with a hundred percent of her heart uh just it was too much conflict she wanted it, said, "I can't serve half heartedly and uh she requested a blessing mm-hmm. uh and as I mentioned, <laughs> uh, I went out to get out of bed to put on my suit and tie, and she said, "I don't have time for your suit, I need a blessing <laughs> and uh And she received a powerful blessing from our Heavenly Father, which uh, started us on a marvelous opportunity, and that was powerful. She rolled over and went to sleep, and then I lay awake, and as I mentioned last evening in our meeting, uh, the voice came and started speaking to me and said, David, these are my children, this is my work, Uh, here's what I want you to do, and began lining out opportunities, starting, I thought most interestingly with the gifts that he had given these missionaries that we would encounter. Mm-hmm. Among those were were our gifts also. And that those gifts were going to be multiplied and used and and how important it was to be in tune with him to know assignments that needed to be made so that the spirit could flow to that missionary First of all, he wanted the missionary to know that the missionary was his son or daughter, and number two, that they were the representative of Jesus Christ. Secondly, he wanted them to know that they were going to be the instruments through which others would be touched, and that those missionaries should be able to see and feel his spirit work through them to to go to those they were serving and to those they were to touch, and that they were to uh, bear the testimonies often of the Savior and of their Heavenly Father. And then a a whole series of other things that came that were, uh, many of them were much more, here's what I want you to do to do the work. (laughs) Because there was nothing or no one to tell us what we should do or what we shouldn't. And that was a great blessing for it to come that way. That was transformative in that he has a plan, The Heavenly Father and the Savior had the plan for it. The service mission would grow into that plan. He's very kind in allowing us time to grow, but not too much time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that is the basis through which we started becoming transformed uh, in understanding more a place and and a way that that we should move forward. We still have that sheet. Mm -hmm. Sister O'Brien I woke her up and she wrote down everything that that went on, and it's exciting to have watched as the service mission now has has reached most of those uh, benchmarks shall i say yeah. that uh, that he set out um, and then when uh when we got home, then it was to start trying to put that together yeah. uh, which was uh interesting and exciting. Uh, We went to Salt Lake, were trained with what they had at that point and had a great experience there. I came back early because they were ready to announce in Las Vegas and then that got shut down and then we did some more and we started (laughs) training, uh, finding places to serve. Just Serve was marvelous. We had a great man I don't know how he found out. No one was supposed to know we were called, but uh, Brother Larry Moulton called me as soon as we got home, and he said, David, I know I'm not supposed to know this, but I do. I'm ready to uh, take you to locations that you would like to go to, and they're wonderful. And he had set such a wonderful groundwork, and so we began... And to help
2: vet the organization. Yes, we To vet, help see them and then to vet them.
1: And we vet them. Get them
2: prepared for the missionaries.
1: Yes, they were marvelous. I mean, we there was a lot of organization. Sister Robury took a major part in that. And uh, to see the work that he had done and then to go in uh, was just a powerful experience. Wonderful people who have become great friends. Huh?
2: Um, So I'm just thinking when we first got in, I mean, this was in June. And this was, the it it was put on the, to the church in, like, I think it was January the 2nd, 2019, is that accurate?
1: Yeah, we were in before. 2019, and we were
2: in a good six months before then, which is very interesting because there was no handbook. They had sort of kind of an unofficial one not written for you. <laughs> and so we didn't really have a handbook. And what we had of the handbook, some of the things were, we that was not what we were told yeah. from the Spirit. Uh-huh. And so Elder Roper and I go, Golly, we'll follow the Spirit because the Spirit never lies. <laughs> and so we we went ahead. Back in those days where there was no district, yeah. in okay. fact, they told you that you couldn't have a district. Uh, Back in those days, so the transformative experience for me uh, was along the way as the growth was occurring, I could see that the spirit was working with everybody then, Mm -hmm. you know, and and trying to transform. Uh, One story that I remember is as Elder Roper and I went into the only place that at that time, this is six months before President Nelson announced to the whole world um, that we were having a service mission. We went into the family history library, and there were five service missionaries in all of the Las Vegas area. Now that's thirty-one stakes, only five service missionaries serving, and so that's interesting yeah. because you know there's more people than that right. that that are not serving, like hundreds of them, and uh, and we were in there with them and what they did for the For the full five days of their services, they would go and scan documents or erase things that are on a paper you know, and then scan documents and that's all they did morning, noon, and night mm-hmm. and they didn't wow. they didn't connect with people they didn't get to you know show their skills their strengths they were just um, doing this scanning now uh, scanning needs to be done right. but there needs to be more than just scanning. And I can remember coming out of there and telling Elder Roberry, I said I wouldn't last more than two hours <laughs> scanning in those the document. I says, Gee, I, I would be bored to death. I wouldn't probably be able to serve in that capacity. Yeah. And so we proceeded from them having that one assignment to basically talking with them and forming our group of them. And then others started to come. Elder Roberry and I were over the whole area, all 31 stakes, four coordinating councils, mm. uh, in the very beginning, and we were we didn't have uh, any counselors. It was wow. just he and I. <laughs> and so he and I, w- with, with this big huge job, and both he and I are really dedicated and want to seize the moment and seize the day. And so, most of our days were connecting with stake presidents and asking if we could come and train them. They didn't know what this was. This was brand new. It hadn't even really been totally announced yet. Right. And yet we were to train them and get them ready. We were also supposed to go to, um, you know, get the organization they were going to be at. And one of our areas was uh, Kingman, Arizona. Mm. So we had all of Las Vegas. And then we had Kingman, Arizona, which was uh, wow. been linked in with us <laughs> an hour and a half away <laughs> from and, Las
1: Vegas. And Lake Havasu also. Yes.
2: We out. also had yeah. part of the Las Vegas area is actually uh, in Overton. Oh, okay. And so that's a good hour north. Right. So now we've got two good and area. a half, a th- big, big area where we're doing it. And uh, we would go and to different places. And I remember um, as we were getting things organized, there was a time when – when we we had a distinct impression uh, that we needed to go down to Kingman, Arizona, and that we needed to get organizations, you know, vet organizations, so that the missionaries could serve there. Now there was nobody called. Right. All five service missionaries were in the Las Vegas area, not Kingman, not mm-hmm. Arizona, and uh, and we just we just felt really almost this pressure <laughs> that we couldn't stop, and so we went and we did a vet. Six areas, one of them being uh, Kingman Regional Medical Center. Oh
0: wow!
2: Which is huge. At that time, it was the only medical center in all of the whole service mission program uh, that they had. But Arizona allowed that, um, and then we had a food bank and we had a, um, you know, a homeless shelter. But as soon as we did that, within probably a week and a half. Two missionaries coming from California needed to serve away from home, desired to serve away from home, came to grandparents that lived in Kingman Arizona, and there you have it, and we had something for them. Wow, we had something for them, and so we were we were prepared just a little ahead of the game so that we could minister to them and it was beautiful and what I love is that this what we got from the spirit early on because And you have to realize, when we were in Africa, we not only served as an MLS couple, couple, which is member leadership support. Mm -hmm. So we were were proselyting, and we were going into the homes where nobody had ever been in before. But we were also teaching seminary every week. We were doing public... Uh, while it, in yeah, insta- while in Africa, oh, wow. we were in Durban, South Africa, oh. and we were uh, teaching institute every week. We they asked us to help with public relations, and we said surely because we knew how to do that. We met chiefs there, and we were almost getting ready to meet the king. That didn't happen, but we were preparing for that. Hmm. And one chief in particular asked us if we would teach his clan of five thousand people.
0: Wow!
2: And so we went into the school systems. And taught the For strength of youth pamphlet in the schools. <laughs> and so, when when you say, did you have a vibrant transformative experience, you know, in Durban? The answer is yes. And so, I we were going back to continue to assist. And so, when I, you know, when we were told to do this, I, I mean, our papers were in. Yeah. We were ready well, to go. The state president s- had them, and we were going to Africa.
0: That's like a that's like a Book of Mormon story. Like. Yeah,
2: it and is. the Lord and the Lord goes no m- plunk. You know what I mean? We're going to plunk you here. But
1: well, al- also in Africa, we were to take two two stakes and make three out yeah. of them for the oh. temple. So we a lot of work with uh, stake presidencies and even yeah. uh, we had authority to do some moving of missionaries and. Lots of things uh, in that. So that's where we were coming from and going. And
2: the but stake president, actually, of the mission in, in Durban, he he said, I need to put David in as a high councilman so that he can go up and down. And our, our mission president, President Zacherson, said, um, I don't know if you should be done that. Maybe you'll do more work for the stake than you will for the mission. And we said, on the contrary, President Zacherson, uh, this will help the mission. Because we will go up and down, and with the authority and the mantle of being a high councilman, we'll do. It'll be a twofer. You, mission will get its work, and the uh, and uh, you will get your work from us. And it turned out to be just that. Yeah. Uh, the mission flourished; we flourished. And so, when you say transformative experience, they go, "How could you? Tra- how could you make it different? Okay. Or how could it be? N- I, how could it be just as powerful as what we had just done? For sure." And, and so but, but what made it the powerful one is seeing the lives of these missionaries, many that never thought they never thought they'd be able to serve, and that's all they wanted to do was serve. Um, that was far reaching, and to see the parents and the parents go, "I don't know what to do for my child, I can't help them anymore." Um, and to see the Lord sort of pick them and the and the missionary up and say, Here, here, you need to realize how valuable you are, how important you are. And then as we saw um, back in those days, not many, since they didn't know about it, a lot of missionaries from the teaching area, from proselyting, they would come home, but it was hard having them transfer in for whatever reason. You know, there's lots of reasons why that may be the case. But for the ones that did, um, the parents, again, were saying, how can we help our, our missionary? How can we help our missionary? And when you talked about the warm embrace of the mission and how how you missionaries welcome in the transfers that are coming in from teaching, that is exactly what happens. I mean, I remember so well um, one of our missionaries coming home from his mission and, and here was our district leader, because we had started districts, and that had just happened. You know, and here was his assistant, and they came with us to the airport to be, be behind the family, but to welcome this missionary, even though he wasn't in the mission yet, yeah. to welcome him home and to say, hey, we've got your back. We want you with us. You know, what I mean, we're a team here. We're a family, and every single missionary that we ever had f- said that about the mission. Mm-hmm. They said this service mission program, this opportunity that to serve the Lord a one-on-one, has it just uh, they felt so much love, they felt so much acceptance.
1: That was a, a marvelous foundation. And we were just commenting last night. Uh, you can feel the unity in your group here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we felt the unity in that love. And although very different in talents, abilities, and everything else, it's, a, it's something out of Fourth Nephi, mm-hmm. is what you felt when they yeah. came together. Yeah. There was love, there wasn't any kind of backbiting, as it were, or uh, as amazing and this elder that was our district leader he'd struggled in a proselyting mission on it with a number of things and, and yet he came home and it was hard for him on so many levels but he said yes I will I will do it and became a marvelous district leader in a blessing that he was given i, I was the the voice for that it said you will be instrumental in helping form the foundation of much of the service mission program for the church. And it's true. Uh, as, for instance, the idea of districts, uh, the Spirit said, now is time. And what we would do is pray, what is best for the missionaries now? We knew it was going to be a journey. Right. <laughs> it wasn't a prepackaged plan. plop, And... We felt strongly about that and called him as a district leader, and he was ready. I mean, he had ideas just, and they were excellent ideas. He got everybody in to preach my gospel. Back uh, in
2: that day, they we weren't using preach my gospel. Right. Well, in fact, as missionaries, they only had, oh, well, you can read scriptures maybe 10 minutes a day, and that's fine. Mm. Uh, wow. No companions. There were no companions early on.
1: So we, we raised the bar yeah. a, a great deal, and they... To where they knew they were missionaries. And uh, in district meeting each week, they had pre-assigned sections of each discussion in Chapter 3 that they would be teaching each other. Some had never taught anything in their life, let alone barely made a comment. And it was amazing the power that they started feeling as a group. And uh, one sister didn't really want to do preach my gospel. And she said, Why? And Sister O'Reilly said, Because when they ask you questions at your sides, you can answer them and you need to answer them correctly and with the Spirit to prepare them for f- to be taught. And uh, she's had that experience and, and uh, repented of that <laughs> feeling she had. But it, it was marvelous to watch and to feel the Spirit keep moving us, mm-hmm. moved us into companion relationships, study companions. Um, which nobody was doing yet. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, we had um, webinars every week, and so we were up. But that that came, and that came strong, and that made such a difference in lives to see that start taking place. And uh, then we moved into speaking in sacrament meetings. Uh, by the way, we need to complete that story about those five young men that were Wasting away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, within three days, we had them out of there uh, doing, uh, we got them into the temple. Mm-hmm. Every one of our missionaries became an ordinance worker That's in right. the temple. Every
2: single one, 100%. Um,
1: and then we got them mm-hmm. into Catholic Charities, into the Blind Center, into Deserted, so many Destories, more. E- family each, history. Each of the missionaries had five to six assignments.
0: Um, what were they doing at the... But the scan- what were they scanning? Was it like these, a these were operation, or? Uh, These were old
1: books in the good. family history library, oh. and they would bring them up, and they had this electronic eraser, and they'd erase all the old things, and then when it was done, then they would send it on, and then they'd get the next book, and wow. uh, so
2: talk about dedication. I
1: that's mean, true. the fact mm. that they had stayed for several months, yeah, is amazing. Definitely. Not that that's not important, but that's not worthy of full-time missionary uh, anyway so uh, we we start we watched it start blossoming and and we would find with parents (laughs) that they would start into the program and and they're always probably two months in I mean we would always have a wonderful thing beforehand about talking about a mission what it was but some parents would have to sit down and say mom dad this missionary is not your teenage son. He or she or daughter are, uh, they are full-time representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. They happen to live in your home. Now, <clears throat> if, they're having, if you're having trouble with their room, that's not your problem. That's our problem as their mission leaders, mission presidents. We will take care of that. Uh, we don't want you on their back harping at them. We want you as support and cheerleaders. And uh, the, and then their district leader, and then we had other officers that we called. They will work with them on that, and they did. And the parents were amazed. They go, what's happened? I said, again, this is a missionary. Now, is your home ready for a missionary? When that missionary walks in your home, how does it look? How does it feel? What are you watching? Yeah. And so what we saw are homes being consecrated by wonderful, good people. We had one family who had an autistic young man, high-functioning, but his parents had done wonderful work with helping him deal with those issues that were difficult for him. So in public, he could really function at a very high level. And we didn't know how much work they had done until got into a couple of his assignments and hit a wall, as it were, Uh, But his mother would go down, analyze it, fix it up, and it worked beautifully. Uh, One of the problems he had was his memory. Mm. He just couldn't remember things. When he became a priest, he worked for two months trying to memorize one of the prayers on the sacrament. So, first time after two months, working on it several times a day, he... uh, he gets to the sacrament table, takes him six times, and then it doesn't work without another priest pointing to the words on the card, even reading the card. He couldn't And, do.
2: and the mother, while he was trying to do it during that, those six times, was saying, can you just stop? How much pain does he have to go through? Because she loved him so much she didn't want to see him struggle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But that young man mm. then was serving in the baptistry in the temple doing a great job, actually with one of the other service missionaries. They set a record of 400 baptisms in a day and 400 Mm. confirmations. (laughs) Bless their hearts. (laughs) The spirit moved. uh, He moved, took on an additional temple assignment on Fridays. The coordinator there felt very moved and in fact at 4 o'clock one morning the spirit told him, John, I want Elder um, Flinders, pardon, Elder Flinders, yeah. Chase Flinders, mm. to come to the temple to the veil today. Mm. Wow, uh, he'd been in the baptistry. He rate. didn't even know Elder Flinders that well because it had been on a different day. Yeah. and so he, and he, he told me this story uh, he, that Friday he was there. I was in the temple as a sealer. We have a number of missionaries that were there on that shift and uh one the uh, first thing I knew about it is one of the other missionaries came to the ceiling room, opened the door, and they know better than that. they know to wait and check for ordinances being done. They opened the door and said, "Eler Edler Flinders is receiving <laughs> 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 and I finished the ordinance, and I ran down the uh reverently ran down <laughs> reverently the hall They ran down. Mm-hmm. Um, I went into the corridor, (coughs) and uh, there he was, and the spirit was so strong. There was his uh, trainer and coordinator holding a card that helps the people in the ordinances to learn them, tears running down his cheeks, um that elder oh, we have to be careful because we're talking temple ordinances that elder was doing everything perfectly
0: hmm.
1: wow what and happened? He, he I just stood behind him listening and when he finished he turned and said hi Elder Rogary this is the most sacred place I've ever been the Lord loves me off he went He, uh, the coordinator said, David, I tried, I did one ordinance and then tried to help him and and I gave him the card and he said, no, I don't need the card. He said, the spirit tells me every word I need to say. Hmm. And it was perfect. Wow. And then after COVID was over and they could come back in Same thing happened. And this is an elder that couldn't remember. But as I put my arm around him a little later down in the cafeteria where he went for a little break and to be alone, he said, uh, I'm the Lord's representative. I know that. That young man also was helping teach in a school because he would help teachers know how to teach children that had the same problems he had so to see these things happen these miracles in the lives of these missionaries and then miracles working through them uh, and we could tell you lots of those stories has been a transformative experience for us as we uh, looked Uh, Elder Finch who had speech problems. Uh, When COVID was on, he was helping with pop-ups, you know, where they would bring food to a school. uh, People would drive
2: in and pick up their bag of food.
1: Mm -hmm. They would drive in, but they wouldn't get out of their cars, and so whoever was controlling it, they would roll the window down, they would take the information down, and then signal it to the people putting the boxes together They'd pull forward, and then the boxes would be placed in the car, in the trunk, and off they would go. Mm. So that key person that was taking the information was critical, and yet it was noisy. There were car engines going and everything else. <clears throat> well, one day Elder Finch went there, and he'd never been that key person. And he was assigned that, and his mother was dropping him off, and he said, Mom, she said, are you the Lord's representative or not? He said, yes, I am. He said, he'll support you. And then she pulled and waited because she (laughs) wanted to see this experience. And he went up, and uh, not once did people have to ask, what did you say, especially with his impediment? Mm -hmm. Not once was there a a confusion about what should be in the order that he had to signal in by voice. 400 cars he handled that day. They had never had a day where it was so free from air, from the voice of the person checking them in. Wow. Um, anyway, we could go on and on about that. But to watch these young people, uh, to see the Lord in them and having them grow, and then, of course, our 65 sacrament meetings, i will have talked talk about that. Go
2: ahead. Yeah. I, so, as you can tell, the transformation in us occurred because they were transformed. Mm-hmm. And we had the privilege of being with them and um, not like a parent, but kind of, just a tad, just in the background, seeing them as they succeeded. Uh, just a couple of quick stories here, Sister uh, Reber in the library. Uh, oh my gosh, they had experiences with the non-members and that I think was transformative for me and you wasn't it Mm -hmm. uh not only were they at Bishop's Storehouse or Desert Industries or the temple which is temple of course most amazing um but then they got to be in the community and over and over again we would say you're wearing your badge you're representing Jesus Christ your whole job is to be full of light and love and hope And you know, preach my gospel so well that if anybody asks a question now, you just easily, very gently, very easily let them know. And if they need further assistance, you take them to the teaching missionaries. So here's Sister Weber. We've got her in the library. We uh, uh, and yeah, we've got her in the library. And here's a person that comes to the library. He's lost his files. Mm -hmm. on his thumb drive and he says please somebody help and well now she's she's okay at the computer but she's not you know not a tech person and he comes and he says i have taken this all over i've paid money nobody can recapture my files i need them please help she happened to be the first one you know as you walk into the library and uh, he said can you help me and she says well i don't know if i can but i know somebody that can and so as he slipped away to the to to the restroom for just a moment she bowed her head and she said oh heavenly father one of your one of your children is here and they're in distress they need help will you please help me so that i can help him and um and she said just guide my fingers just tell me what to do and she finished the prayer and was there um, doing whatever it is she was guided to from the Spirit and I don't know how long it took but the files came up mm. and it was in the library and the fellow started yelling almost, hey, did you see this person can do anything? Nobody else could get these there you keep this person and here she is with her badge, you know, just going, oh man, if it wouldn't, weren't for the Spirit, I wouldn't know what I was doing and and, and these things have been amazing for them. Yeah. If there are some missionaries that when we when they would come to us, um, their head would be down. Their shoulders would be slumped. Um, they, as Elder Robbery said, maybe they wouldn't speak very much. Uh, they didn't necessarily always knew who they were. But that was another transformative time for me is when all of a sudden they would as they would read their scriptures, as they would do companion study, as they would fervently pray, as they would uh, serve with their whole heart, might mind, and strength, then all of a sudden it's like there w- the fear was gone.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
2: The insecurity was gone. All of a sudden it's like, I am important and I know it. I belong to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And their shoulders were back, their eyes were straight, they could shake you in the hand. In fact, I can remember... Uh, when the the institute director, we saw him, and he goes, what have you done to elder fathering him? And we said, what do you mean, what have we done? And he said, well, before his mission, you know, his head was down, he, you know, he, um, he was shuffling. He would never talk to anybody. He, you know what I mean? He just yeah. was kind of, uh, alone by himself. And he says, now he's coming up, going to everybody that's in the area, shaking all of their hands, looking them straight in the eye, smiling, having a conversation. And he <laughs> said, wow, you continue that. Sure. Because, and, and so is it any wonder that, this mission has been transformative for us because we've seen lives totally empowered and the neat thing is, is it doesn't stop when the mission ends wow. I mean this is just a template for them the trajectory is all upward yeah. and and that's, that's exciting and I, I'm excited I'm excited for the future I'm excited for when both teaching and service will be known throughout the world as being bringing people to Christ on an equal status. Yeah. I am excited for parents to catch the vision that uh, service isn't second, yeah. never has been. I certainly wasn't with Christ, right. certainly wasn't with President Nelson, but that, that service is really the, the upper level of love. And uh, and it's coming, it's coming. We did not have the adjusting to service missionary life mm-hmm. for for years. And I'm I'm a therapist. I deal with that. And so we would have service service mission conferences, and I just did my own. I just transferred whatever was in the missionary, the proselyting missionary. You know, adjusting. Yeah. I did that, and I just we did our own thing until we got the handbook. And I thought, so how lovely and wonderful and amazing it is that the Lord's work is going forward so that we can usher in the Savior and we know through the Spirit that that's what the service missionaries are doing. One of our Area 70s in a 31-stake meeting said, do you realize that every service missionary has the gift of of charity? And I've never heard that. And it came from an area 70, and I'm going, hey, Heavenly Father, is this right? And, and I, w- it was confirmed. Mm-hmm. And I said, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, that y- your greatest gift as a service missionary is your gift to love people and to care and to make that you're non-judgmental. You're accepting. You will go forward in Christ. You're, you're stalwart. Your whole objective is to serve the Lord and, uh, uh, it has been a privilege serving, it has. and uh, and I know why the Lord, it, Elder Roberry tends to be such a visionary man. And if you if you say, well, you can't do that or that's not possible, he'll just nod and go, oh, thank you, and then <laughs> proceed to do what the Lord wants.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and exactly. so
2: so for the Vegas area, he just <clears throat> he just grew that mission and grew that mission. Well, the the Spirit yeah.
1: did, and. We uh, and I would try to listen, and but it, uh, our mission, our temple president, uh, had the vision early on, and uh, wanted as many service missionaries as we could get as ordinance workers.
0: Absolutely.
1: kept saying, "Give me more, give me more," because he said the spirit in the Vegas Temple had never been higher and jumped remarkably because of those young people serving there and when he would set them apart um, those were sacred times he said David I lay hands on their heads and they don't have the spiritual filters that many do and the spirit just comes and the things that were promised and things that were said and were carried out uh, were amazing they had such impact on the patrons that would come uh, some patrons would see them when they were officiating. They would see light around them. Hmm. Um, the couple other quick things we need to mention also is you know we had we instituted nightly prayer, that was done through that good district leader also, <laughs> that made a real difference in the unity uh, that they felt and uh, the the great blessings that. Uh, that came from them, and then also this. Uh, we started speaking in sacrament meetings, uh, where Sister Roberry would take the first five, six minutes, explain briefly about the program in a powerful way. Then we would have another a missionary, and I, we all we told our missionaries is we would like you to bear testimony of when the Spirit has touched you in one of your service assignments, and bear testimony of the Savior. So we'd have a missionary speak, another missionary speak, a musical number by a young lady that couldn't read music and couldn't keep time. but
2: She had a speech impediment. And her? had a speech impediment. She stuttered.
1: But until she, until she spoke, until she sang, and Sister Roberry would play, and but the spirit would just come and envelop that chapel oh. to where I, I couldn't speak when she got done. I would just be... So Elder Finch spoke. He was our (laughs) rock. And then another missionary, and and Elder Flinders was our closer. And I would say amen. But the lives that were touched by those sacrament meetings, two and three times a week sometimes, uh, were amazing. The ministry to the saints, and many saints (laughs) almost started following us, you know. I've got a less active son. I need to bring him. Um, but it—it uh, it was amazing the power that came through, and and that was part of what I was told that first night. And so we uh, we're grateful to be a small part in how it has transformed our lives, and how much we love our missionaries still. I mean, we always will.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. In fact, we just got a text today, literally between the two meetings yeah. of a mother saying thank you again our son who came home yeah. broken from his proselyting mission he helped put the pieces together uh, he became a district leader we kept wa- and uh, never thought he would go to school or do anything he didn't know what to do anyway got him going got some plans made he's now at a college, and and uh, this is his first year, and he's pulling straight A's, and he's doing very well.
0: That's
1: awesome. So, um, anyway, and it's because of the Lord and the Atonement. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. and, we're, and we're grateful for that. and uh, So, anyway, anything else you have on
2: Well, we just have so many stories, but I think we've probably said enough. Is there, <laughs> is there any other question you
0: have? Yeah, I mean, man, uh, those are <laughs> so many. Yeah, there's just so many good questions based off that, I mean. But, you know, I do wonder, I I, I hear what you guys are saying when you talk about um, just seeing the missionaries transform, is mm-hmm. very transformative Um I think the one one of the big things I've learned from the service mission is that we as members or missionaries need to need to be fed spiritually and have the gospel as much as the people we go out and teach or serve in the community. Yep. Um, sometimes in missionary work we focus heavily on you know the non-member or the people who don't know about the gospel, and we forget that it's as much about helping us transform and grow closer to Christ in the process. And uh, it's been great putting together things like the Missionary Training Center and experience and seeing missionaries come. And we had a missionary, uh, an Elder Hammer. He just the sweetest guy. I, You know, his missionaries were a little concerned that he wouldn't be able to attend or, um, or go through the experience. And uh, we said, you know, just have him come and you know we'll see we'll gauge it from where as we go about and by the end I I think I was actually just sitting out in the hallway there and he wandered in last class of the 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 three weeks and and he just said I'm gonna miss coming here and it was just so amazing to see how he had come you know the first day very shy and quiet and then he came and he was just happy and talkative and just bearing his testimony, mm-hmm. and uh, and he, he bore his testimony at the devotional we had um, at, after the experience, and it was just amazing to see. And so it really is cool to see these transforming experiences and just see how um, how that happens. Uh, a question I do have is, where do you see, in the near future, where do you see the service missionary program going? Um, I think, obviously, there's lots of changes happening, and it's great, but sure. it sounds like you know, I I don't know what was on that list that you made <laughs> way back when, but I'm curious to hear, you know, where do you see, this, see the search Missionary Program headed?
1: Um, I'll start off and yeah. answer that. Um, we're here in Arizona because uh, I see the, the MTC, and that's mm-hmm. come to mean many, many things, but the... The training of missionaries at the beginning of their missions to to put them on a foundation of solid expectations. Solid. Here's what we do, so that they know they're part of a, a group, not just their own district or whatever you want to call it, but part of a church-wide uh, army for our Heavenly Father that is trained and. And there's always been a sense that training is part of your early mission life. Mm-hmm. And so SMLs have been trying to do something with that, and, and stake presence have been trying to do something with that, as we should. Yeah. But I think our, our next step, our watershed moment now is, the next one is the MTC experience, mm-hmm. getting that so that there is an experience. Uh Is it the same for everyone? Well, pretty close, but, you know, we've got international. Uh, that isn't a problem. But the whole idea of we are being trained as missionaries right. to serve, that I think is, is critical, and our uh, the next step we need to take is, really. is there, and uh, that's why we're here. Um, and so... I think that is very critical. There's a couple others, too. You jump in whenever you want on this. But uh, uh, the other one is uh, we need to get stories of examples of service missions and missionaries and the impact they have on people, the organizations they serve within the community, and we need to make sure we really... Have missionaries out in the non-member community. That's that is what I would say. Critical. Um,
2: I mean, of the six, like they would say, you know, we have the temple. They said the three-legged stool of the of things they need to be in are temple, family history, and institute. Hmm. Okay, but other than that, if you're going to have any more, then we should be in the community. Yeah. Why? Because there are non-members there. Why? Because you are representing Jesus Christ and you are the light. It's wonderful to be at some of the church-run things, and I think they're amazing. Yeah. Desert Industries, Bishop Store has all the things. That, and I know there's a need there, but there's a need for our service missionaries to be out in the community so that non-members can see their badge and they can show their light. And uh, I, I think it's critical. And and we had some missionaries that they were way capable of doing way more than six assignments per week. So did we have them do more service? And was it more in the community? Yes. They were into the libraries. They were into animal shelters. You've said horse places. Places where you're thinking uh, they're ministering to the one. There's only one person there, but they're ministering to them. Mm -hmm. You know, they're at that hospital. They're ministering. Uh, doing all of that, and su- and people notice in the one hospital, I don't believe I've said it here on the tape, there we are with the state president, and the state president is LDS, and he was with another, um, he's a physician, and he and another physician were in the cafeteria one day, and one of our elders, Elder Williams, who is 25 years old, 300 pounds, I mean, he, but he was in a severe accident when he was a young boy, and so he had a traumatic brain injury, and he can't hardly speak. Mm-hmm. So he is, he is just, he is just.
1: Uh, and he's a weightlifter. He, he's like, he's a weightlifter, <laughs>
2: but he's like a teddy bear weightlifter. Right. And you see him, and when he looks at you, his whole face smiles, and it's like a ray of shun- sunshine, even though he can hardly talk. And so here's this stake president coming by with this fellow co-worker who's a non-member, a physician, and here's Elder Williams in the cafeteria. He can say some sentences, but only just a few. And so he gets up, but you he radiates love yeah. and hope. And at the end of that brief encounter, as, as the two doctors are walking away, the, the one physician says to the stake president, he said, that person... Just makes me want to be better, yeah. and he'd hardly said anything. and so that's why I mean talk about uh, we say often we say that pr- uh, teaching missionaries knock on doors uh, and service missionaries walk through the doors. Yeah. they walk through the doors because the way of the future is that your spirit is so strong that people cannot help but take notice and and then wonder. Why are you that way? How can I get that way? What do I need to do? And and that is part of what is ushering the Savior to return. Mm-hmm. And it is you, service missionaries, and we we know it. We've known it from the very beginning. Well, and is it any wonder that President Nelson starts talking? And he goes, you know, we're, he he doesn't min- mince words. We are in the latter days, he says. Yeah. we are ushering in the savior we have we now have of the young 18 to 25 year olds we have we have two fantastic royal armies linked together bringing people to the savior in their own way but nevertheless still bringing people to Christ yeah. whoever wants whoever wants to come and i'm going the lord knows what he's doing yeah,
1: yeah. and so The opportunity to make sure that missionaries are serving in the community. Yeah,
2: it's critical. There's
1: certainly been (laughs) a lot of emphasis on this, but we think there needs to be even more uh, because the hearts are changed and they feel hope. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And people today, many are becoming somewhat hopeless. Uh, I mean, it's all the things we knew would come. Uh, And service missionaries are the light. Every organization in the community, not church-affiliated, not that the church-affiliated communities don't appreciate them, but (laughs) (laughs) we've had them speak at various places. There was one with uh, all 31 state presidents, Uh, and they came and they all said, these are marvelous volunteers, the best we have. We make them our leaders within the organizations, and they do. And if they have a big funding group coming through, you know who they roll out in front of. It's the missionaries. It's
2: the service missionaries, yeah.
1: But they said, with all of that said, the thing we would miss the most if they weren't there is the feeling they bring. Even at the blind center, (laughs) if there's no service missionary there, the people notice it. They start saying, hey, where are the missionaries today? And they'd say, well, how do you know they're not here? Because we can feel it. Yeah. Um, over and over and over again, that is the response. They are felt. They are loved. They are appreciated because of the hope they bring. So that's why I think it's important that your training be out there and doing well to heighten the skills and the opportunities. And... Even if you didn't heighten any skills, it's the confidence that they start having. yeah we found with our missionaries we didn't have to tell them much. We sat them <laughs> we said, "Go tell about your mission and bear testimony to the Savior and they would do it in in magnificent ways, so that is just a key that that opportunity and then uh, I think we need to move to the point where, and we'll see this happen in ways that the church will organize and work across the world. Um, so, and, and there's some other things that will come, too, we'll talk about it another time. <laughs>
2: yeah, I just, um, I'm just thinking of President Nelson in last general conference where he was talking about the temples. And the foundation of the temple. And then he was talking about us and us having a foundation that is grounded in Christ. And if you remember in that talk, he's saying, if you haven't been going to the temple, go. If you are going to the temple, go more. Uh, and then he said that, that that what needs to happen is we, we will be transformed as we go to the temple. Why? Because the temple takes us from, you know, we're coming in on a celestial level because that's here we are on the world. We're going in and we're being lifted up into the uh, terrestrial and, and then into the, the celestial while we're there. And I look, and I just have been feasting on that lately and thinking, you know, all of us have our own challenges and struggles. Whether it's a missionary, whether it's just any person on the street, every one of us has depression. We just do. Yeah. Every one of us has anxiety. Every one of us has to- times when we can't think straight. And so the, the, the beauty of this, and, and President Nelson talks about it, is if you are struggling with depression, serve.
0: Yeah.
2: If you are struggling with anxiety, serve. If you are struggling with OCD, go serve. If you've got a speech impediment, go serve. If you stutter, go serve. And over and over again. Why? Because serving can lift you. You are now no longer thinking about yourself and just so involved that you're in the fetal position going, what do I do with life? To be saying, what can I do for you? What can I do? How can I assist you today? And, And this is what... The service mission program would transform anyone and will transform anyone that walks through the doors if they will allow it. And that is when President Nelson said, We must be armed with the Savior's power if we are to, uh, if we are to not fall, if we are, you know, with all the challenges that will be coming, we must be grounded in God. And service is definitely part of what he's talking about. And the temple is the
0: keystone. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've been on the mission for almost two years, and I, I, my vision of what service missions could be and what where they're headed, I mean, that's just, you guys have brought in my vision, and uh, thats I, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. My um, sister Rob, I really appreciate you guys taking the time and sitting down and um, sharing some of your experiences. Uh, I love I love the service mission because of how it brings people together. Mm. It's just it's amazing to see and I'm glad for the opportunity I've had to be a part of it and um, I'm glad for the opportunity to sit down and talk about it in depth with you with you both. So thanks so much.
1: Let, let me mention one other yes. thing. When we started, the first thought until that night, I thought on going up to De- – it was, isn't it nice if everybody can serve that wants to serve? Yeah. And that alone would be a great, a great thing.
2: Yeah, D&C but, 4 is now
1: accomplished. But it's <laughs> – Everybody
2: with a desire and – Yeah, concerns. but it is
1: so much more than yeah. that. And that's what we learned the first night. That is – there is so much more. The service – it's not just nice, It's necessary. For these last days to help bring the Savior again, Elder Christofferson, you probably were at that when he spoke to the North America Southwest area yeah. about that, and I, I need to go back and reference that again. So, thank you for the opportunity. Yes, it's been an honor. Thank uh, you. We we love and appreciate you and the way you have taken what to some could have been a just a debilitating mm. piece of news and physical issue, you have taken that and seen it as the Lord sees it mm. to la- allow yourself to become a tool in his hand. Okay. Uh, you know, you're among some great people in the scriptures that have done the same thing. Thank you. And uh, thank you for your faith and the support of Parents who of course were have been supportive, but for your vision. Vision is so important and we love you and we love the Savior and thank you.
2: And the and the MTC will go forward. It will roll forth for all of the service missionaries and I, I mean, I'm sitting here as as the more I've gotten to know you the more I go, Oh, you were raised up for this. Thank you. And you didn't know it. <laughs> no. And the Lord took you and He goes pluck, just like He took us out of Africa and said, no, I want you here now. He took you out of a proselyting experience and said, no, I need you here because who else would have the time and the vision and the stamina to make a service mission MTC? And look at you already had the microphones. You already had all of this stuff. You were prepared before. Uh, and what a, what an honor to fulfill that for the for the Lord,
0: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited for uh, I'm excited for our conversations tomorrow. I I didn't know that you had a background in um, uh, the word slipped my mind. What the background in, in, in counseling, in therapy, counseling, yes. therapy. Yes. Yeah. Um, we've been working on some pretty cool things with Justin to missionary life and implement uh, implementing that. And mm. I'm excited to show you guys that tomorrow. So yeah. yeah she's Maybe.
1: well. That's an interesting story too. But it's uh, no. for another time. Well, <laughs> you need to have her tell you that story because it was a plucked story again. Oh, absolutely. You when you and the Lord were having these conversations as you were driving. Oh,
0: okay. Do you want to share it right now? Like?
2: Well, I don't. I don't know which one you're referring to
1: because well, I've had r- more than one. Well, right. <laughs> I'm referring to when you had taken Christy to her thing and you were coming back. Oh,
2: home. as as a counselor. Well, yes. Um, so I didn't go into becoming and studying to be a therapist until I was in my fifties. Oh, wow. uh, we have seven children, and my my per- my whole my whole career was to raise my family and to raise them righteously in the Lord, and I took that very seriously, yeah. very seriously, <laughs> wanting to make sure that they were safe until they were you know out of the nest and grown. And so Christy was the last one, and. Uh, I remember taking her to. Um, I was in my fifties. She was in high school. I took her up to Salt Lake for a church history trip. And before that, I had been praying. Well, gee, I'm going to be an empty nester in a couple of years, you know. Now what? Because right. there's still life after your children are gone. What do I need to do? And I thought that I would go into counseling. I thought the Lord needed me to to go there. And uh, at the, but the more I thought about it, I thought, wow, that's a lot of time. We now have grandchildren that are coming in the picture. I want to be a grandma. Um, it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of energy, and I haven't been to school for a long time. And so there was, uh, I, before I took Christy up to this meeting, I had prayed to the Lord and a uh, Heavenly Father, and I had said, You know, I thought she wanted to be a, me to be a counselor, um, but I'm going to, and I always thought I would be, but I'm going to say no. I'm shutting the door on that, and these are the reasons why. And I told him the reasons why. I don't need money. I don't need power. I don't need prestige. There is no reason that I need this. And I I have these grandkids coming now. Um, I want to be present for them. And at the end of my prayer, I said, I said, but if you need me and you let me know, if you tell me that you need me, I will come. I would do it for you. I won't go do all this for me because I don't need it, but I will do it for you. And so as I was coming back from dropping my daughter off off to the church history trip, I can tell you the outfit I was wearing. I had gone to church. It was a Sunday. I was peacefully driving home. And you know how it's just so peaceful. You're just sort of totally present. And into my mind, the spirit, a voice comes and said, Janice, I need you they well, didn't have to ask what for because I already knew exactly what they needed Absolutely. And, um, but, but I'm one of these that's a little bit feisty and ask questions <laughs> and so I, I said in my mind back to the spirit and I said you know I'm not 30 anymore and the spirit never argues is just so gentle so sweet Janice I need you and then my next thought well, I haven't been to school for, you know, a long time, like 35 years. Pause. Into my mind, Janice, I need you. And then another thought, can I really keep up with those 20-year-olds and do those papers and all of this? I mean, it just was intense. And a uh, big pause, Janice, I need you. And at the end, it was maybe maybe a minute and a half conversation, but it felt like forever, And I can remember um, responding back in my mind to the Spirit, You know I'll do what you want me to do, but I am scared to death, and I need your help. Please help me. And so that was the journey of me going then in in my 50s back to graduate school. And I remember very well starting writing my papers, and I'd have Elder Robury edit them, and, and he would say, you don't write like a graduate student. And I go, I know. It's a big learning curve. But I promise, this was in September, I says, I promise by December, I'll be on top of my game. You wait. (laughs) Because I'm pretty dedicated once I'm in. I'm a 100% person. And uh, and that was exactly the case. By December. And and long nights. I mean, up at 2 a.m. writing all my papers, reading everything I could do. Because this wasn't for me now this was for him absolutely i mean heavenly father and i'll do i'll do anything for him i mean he gave me everything and the gave savior gave me the atonement what what else can i do but say yes because i love them so much and so here i am in december writing papers asking elder robbery to edit and he goes wow my <laughs> gosh you write like a graduate student and i said see i told you i told you and so Interestingly enough, at the end of the journey, when I graduated in 2010, um, there were times, because my, my emphasis is trauma. I didn't think it was going to be. I thought it was going to be family therapy for husbands and wives or couples or whatever. But the Lord wanted me dealing with individuals that have had such challenges, such trauma. And I can remember, and I won't go into big details, but... I would be done with one client because I've had extenuous training and, and and the spirit would come and say, See, I told you. You saved one starfish. You're putting them back in the sea. You know what I mean? They, they can go ahead. They're empowered enough to go forward. And so when you talk about transformation of the missionaries, and I as a counselor see the transformation of people to where, to where they have their life back, to where they can go ahead and be the people that they already really are, their spirits whole. It's just the physical that needs assistance. Um, it's a it's a wonderful journey, and it. I I know why the Lord called us, is because Elder Roberry knows how to build, and I know how to strengthen. Yeah. And he goes, I need you to here in the service missionary, and so it's been it's been a marvelous journey for us.
1: It has. Yeah. <clears throat> We've. We've had a history of building institutes, meaning taking them from 200 students to 1,100 students. And yeah. and and it's not my doing. It's the Lord's. He plants the vision. People are there. You know how to work with people and love and have faith, and, and it, it grows. Yeah. And so
2: is it any wonder that we're in Salt Lake now assisting with the service mission program, interviewing missionaries at the end of their mission, but also... We're the only ones that have been service mission leaders that are in Salt Lake. Yeah. And so our view, when they say, well, we're going to d- go forward, and we'll go, well, if you're looking at the whole picture since we've been in for over three years, you may want to consider something. I
1: know,
0: full scope.
2: Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. With, and with so
1: on the ground with the missionaries. So, so
2: they've got the right person. Elder McGee <coughs> is the right person to be <laughs> in Salt Lake.
1: Well, you're kind. We've got Elder McGee, who is good solid you know the wonderful people there i mean you know the the employees everyone wonderful wanting to do the right thing the important thing is you have to now bring people with experience we're at that point where we have built and and so you always work at it and you're patient with each other and the lord smiles and say now kids play nice i'll give you the answer i'm teaching you training you along the way too so we we love them. We love the Stedmans. Uh, oh, they're amazing. We have known them since they've come in. We have been kind of kindred spirits in the desire to to let's reach out and and go and they've been so helpful. Mm. Such great uh, great marvelous ideas and and a tenacity and I don't know when they ever sleep.
2: I don't think they do. I don't
0: think they do. You know, it's
1: funny Sister Stedman um
0: another time they They've said for the mission to, you know, be at home 9.30, be in bed 10.30, get some rest. Sister Stemmon's sending me emails 11.30. That's <laughs> you know, right. Uh, she says, well, we've sent emails back and forth um, during uh, around that time of the night. So, you know, I've given her a hard time saying, oh, I don't think you're obeying that <laughs> Sister Stemmon. <laughs>
1: That's true. I would understand. But it, it's a thrill. And yeah. Sister Roberry is amazing. Her dedication. I mentioned it before. She serves. and Lord knows he can count on her. She supported me. Uh, We had uh, six and then seven children while I went through my Ph.D. program. Hmm. The first thing I was told my first semester is, you don't write like a graduate student, so it was interesting. But she supported that, and during those hard times was, come on, come on, you can do it, uh, because that's a lot of stress. And so, to watch her with this program that we knew was inspired was, was amazing and uh so we're we're grateful we're grateful to be sons and daughters of Heavenly Father and uh, to be allowed to serve
2: see uh, most people by the time they get to be in their seventies are winding down. I think we're only winding <laughs> up, <speed> up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we've got things to do we got to stay healthy <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> anyway uh other questions you have young man
0: it's probably a good stopping point i i mm. i love the answers and the questions and the conversation where we've headed with it and uh yeah i, I the lord's always got uh, seems like he's always got a bigger vision than he even we see and it mm-hmm. just That's shows by every far. single day yeah. by far. and uh i'm excited for where the journey takes us and yeah. um, i appreciate you guys coming on once again you're well,
1: welcome and we're you're a- welcome. we appreciate the support of our kids and grandkids uh you know, many times they've uh, been on with family prayers, or they've, you know, it's uh, they've come to know and and love the uh, service missionaries, and we appreciate that and their
0: dedication. Absolutely. Well, thank you. We'll have to have you come back when. When we have an opportunity to, that's right. You bet. When it goes worldwide, worldwide. we should come back and have a little evaluation. There we go.
1: (laughs) We'll be talking much more before then.